welcome to the December 4th edition of One Nation Radio here on LOP Radio. I am your host, Rich Ladder, of course, here with my co-host, James Boyd. It is December 4th. On December 4th, a star was born. Uh, happy birthday, Jay-Z. Um, did you listen to any hove today, uh, James? Uh, no, I did not. But I will say that it was pleasant. It was a pleasant uh, feeling to go on the Twitter and see people actually have an appreciation for Jay-Z as opposed to the other 364 days, or 64 and a quarter days of the year where all of them talk about how old and how old and dusty and how much they shit on him for being, uh, uh, you know, past his prime or whatever for the last, I don't know. I've been hearing that shit since like 2003 and then the fucking Black Album dropped. So, yeah, it's nice to... It's, it's nice to uh, to people, you know, once a year appreciate him in that way. And also in a way that, like, let's be honest, other rap acts that are also uh, all-time greats don't necessarily get either. So it's kind of an appreciation on, on Twitter to see that. It was nice to see Jay-Z. Um, yeah, I'm not here for any type of Jay-Z slender at all. Um, you know, I, I really don't find uh, disrespect, disrespecting the greatest rapper of all time funny. So, you know, <laughs> so we're going to get it started. Uh, we had a little switch this week. I had a prior engagement where I had to pick up my girlfriend from the airport. So I missed Monday Night Raw for the most part. I'm a little bit up to speed, but James is going to be leading the covers for Raw. I will be taking SmackDown. So let's see it. James, what was Raw like? WWE Monday Night Raw. Um, December 3rd in uh, Houston, Texas. We open the 10 bell salute for uh, George H.W. Bush. Ronda comes down to the ring and the announced team plugs Ronda versus Nia TLC. Um, we are proposed to, we are supposed to get Ronda and Natalia versus Nia Jax Tamina. Um, Nia comes down uh, to the ring with next to no heat. It stops halfway at the entrance and then she um, waves over Tamina to come out. So Tamina doesn't get her own music, even, even this early in the show. Uh, the announced team replays the Riot Squad's beatdown on Natalia and Ronda's save from last week. The Riot Squad comes down to the ring with a table and distracts baby faces and Nia and Tamina take advantage. Um, uh, the two in the ring isolate Ronda and beat her down uh, on the floor and then run her into the ring steps. On the other side, the Riot Squad beat the hell out of Natalia. Uh, the Riot Squad set up a table on the floor, pull Natalia up to the apron, and and then do a uh, some like a super kick double power bomb spot, sending Natalia um, going off the apron through the floor, uh, through the table. Uh, we come back for commercial break with replays of what just happened literally five minutes ago. We're taken backstage where Ronda is <laughs> caring for a hurt Natalia, and then Ronda does the angry vengeful face. Um, so Alexa comes down to the ring. She says she was appointed to lead the women's division. Uh, she then lies to the 2.3 million people that uh, that were watching us by promising to work hard every week <laughs> and to give us the best division, uh, uh, to give us what the be- division uh, the best it can offer. Um, she says her open forum didn't go to plan last week, so they're going to try it again because they're morons. Uh, so Sasha and Bailey made their regular ass entrances to the ring and, uh, like they didn't just get set up and to get jumped last week in the same exact scenario. Um, they take seats in the ring and Bailey interrupts before the, uh, questions start and asks how long before Mickey, Alicia and Dana, uh, and I'm sorry, they all pull up those three. 
Um, Alexa fakes, apo- fakes apologizes and then says that she's reprimanded the trio um, before the, the show. Um, so the first question is, what is their reaction to the talk on social media about Sasha using Bailey? Sasha mockingly says that Bailey wasn't supposed to find out that she's about to get backstabbed, then looks over at the ramp and says, isn't that right, Graves? Yeah, So you know, finally second, calling out that sucker out there. Yeah. All right, so the second question is, which female superstar from any era would they most want to wrestle? They both say, traditionally, that WrestleMania in unison, and the, it goes off the rails right here. The third question is, if they could have any superpower, what would it be? Bailey says she'd make things disappear, starting with Alexa Bliss. And she runs around the ring yelling, oh, like she dropped a, you know, a Cena bomb on somebody. Sounds cringe. Yeah, very much so. But, you know, it's Bailey, so whatever. <laughs> she she, she um, traffics in cringe. Yeah, exactly. That's what she became on the main roster. Well, you, you, rem- you. you remember the Christmas story, how he said um, his father, like, traffic or, like, he, uh, like, babes in profanity or whatever. Like, Bailey, like, babes in cringe. Yeah. So after the, after this starts and it starts to get really lame, we start hearing light. We want Becky Chance from the crowd. Uh, the fourth question is, what changes would they bring to the women's division in 2019? Uh, Bailey says that they want to be the first ever WWE Women Tag Team Champions, and then and then light clockwork. Mickey, Alicia, and Dana run down to the ring from the entrance ramp. The baby faces peep game to get ready, uh, and but before they get into the ring, the heels. Alexa stops them and makes a tag match players. Yeah, man. So, T- tag champions, where's the ambition? Why well, don't even want to whoop Ronda ass? They, you know, they've kept them separated. Like, so, you know. That's the reason they've been faces all year, y'all. y'all. Maybe. I don't know. Um, <clears throat> we, we come back from commercial break and get the Boss Love Connection versus Mickey James and Alicia Fox. It's a short match. The Hills get the heat on Bailey. Mickey takes the ref. Dana lands some cheap shots. Alicia accidentally boosts Mickey. Um, Sasha gets the hot tag with clotheslines, a drop kick, and uh, another kick, and then uh, gets Alicia into the bank statement. Mickey makes a save, tags in, and boots and puts the boots on Sasha. Sasha fights back with forearms and goes to the top rope for the arm drag, but Mickey counters and puts her head into the, into the turnbuckle. Um, we get a mid kick and a cover, but Bailey makes a save. Back in a, and then she does the back suplex on Alicia and then uh, knocks Dana off the apron. Mickey uh, dumps Bailey out to the floor. Sasha goes for a schoolboy, but Mickey gets out. Um, Bailey tag, hits a tag, and then um, we get a backstabber into a Bailey to belly or, or sorry Bailey to belly for the pin. Um, commentary makes an Ambrose um, hypes that we're getting an Ambrose appearance. Uh, Corbin, we're getting a Corbin setting, and also we're getting a McIntyre appreciation night. Um, we come back from Russia break with Alexa walking backstage. Ronda runs up uh, and says that the Riot Squad have crossed the line. Uh, Alexa says that she's sending the Riot Squad home and she's going to address her actions next week. Ronda says that she's going to get Nia and Tamina sometime tonight. Alexa says that she can't let that happen and she'll find Ronda a tag partner. Um, Ronda doesn't trust this known gaslighter and says that she'll find her own tag partner before storming off. It's like process of elimination at this point. Um, I was like following like a little bit through text and, you know, they said there was going to be a mystery partner. I had actually texted Dave Finisher. I was like, well, this would be a great night to, uh, just call up Shayna Baszler and, and huh. team her with Ronda and do something but, fun. But that doesn't work because one's a bad guy and one's a good guy, even though they're, these two people are friends. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Look, soon. 
<laughs> soon. Um, so we, so yeah, so uh, we're we're now we're then showing a uh, a Corbin for permanent GM propaganda video for Heat. Uh, we go backstage and see Rude and Gable de- demand a tag title rematch versus AOP from Corbin. Corbin rightly says, "You two geeks lost. You're not old shit." So they can go back. So, so, <laughs> it, so but they can get a title rematch if Rude beats Drake Maverick tonight. Uh, Rude wisely asks this evildoer, "What's the catch?" Corbin, known liar, says that there is no catch, and that both Gable and AOP will be banned from ringside. So Lucha House Party makes their their entrance. Uh, we come back from Russia break. The arrival make their entrance. Uh, Dawson's uh, has the mic and says that he, that he will teach Lucha House Party a lesson in singles action tonight. And then JoJo announces that the match will take place under Lucha House rules. And these two jackasses are, are now beside themselves over the shocking idea that something that's happened to them the past two weeks has happened again. <laughs> it's like they don't so, watch the show. <laughs> yeah, apparently not. Sasha Banks watches the show, but apparently not Dash and Dawson. Apparently, I don't even remember what happened to them last week. Right. Apparently, they're the people that this man thinks watches the show. Right. So, <laughs> this is a real short match. Lose House Party lands a bunch of spectacular dives onto these two schmucks. Graves correctly says that this is ridiculous throughout the match, and Cole tries to justify it because he sold his soul decades ago. <laughs> uh, League lands a rope walk sent on for the pin. Commentary. Uh, commentary plugs the SDL, or sorry, the uh, SmackDown Live women's uh, title contract signing in Miz TV with Daniel Bryan on tomorrow's SmackDown Live. Backstage, Corbin screams on crew member for being late with a gift box and tells this geek to go prepare for McIntyre Appreciation Night. We come back from break and commentary plugs Titus uh, O'Neill making the Ebony's uh, Power 100 MVPs list. Shout out to Titus. Um, Corbin, yeah. Uh, Corbin says in two weeks when he beats Strowman by forfeit, he'll be the permanent GM. He says he's living proof that if you're born better than anybody else, uh, or sorry, if you're born better than everybody else, you can achieve anything. Uh, but he can't admit that he has had some thorns in his side, like the shield, like Balor, like Angle and Strowman. But one man has helped him make his journey easier, and that's McIntyre. We get a Mac- we get an awesome McIntyre appreciation package showing him, showing us all the carnage he's left over the last few months oh, since uh, since probably linking up with uh, linking up in a feed with um, uh, Seth or whatever. Did they show any um, one-on-one on one of people, Whether it's like every S.H.I.E.L.D. member or it's um, Finn Balor himself. Hey, did look they, like a top, look like a top guy in that video package, by the way. Did they, did they show any one-on-one singles matches? I'm sure they did. I mean, remember, he, he, remember. Oh, oh, my fault. I'm sorry. One-on-one singles matches on pay-per-view. Oh, no, no, no. Of course not. Those don't exist. It was not yet. Yeah, because I would say, like, we talked about um, last week about how many times Ziggler and Mag- I'm sorry, Ziggler and Seth have wrestled each other over the last, like, now 25 weeks. Like, a part of that being, a part of that is he also wrestled McIntyre a few times, too. Like, he was just stuck with these guys for months. Anyway, um... Yeah, so McIntyre, uh, sorry, so Corbin gives McIntyre a big introduction and thanks him for his hard work and his support and proves that he's on the right side of history. More code. So <laughs> Corbin gives McIntyre the box and uh, from which contains a gold medal that now Corbin calls the raw gold medal of excellence. Excellence. Can't talk right now. Um, McIntyre thanks him before walking down. Um, I'm sorry, before talking down on the entire roster. 
uh, for being there just to play video games and to collect a paycheck. He says he's reformed raw in his image um, as the home of the strong and, the, and of the mighty. He says he thinks of Balor as the voice of these pathetic people, but the truth is uh, Finn is nothing more than a boy in a man's world, and at TLC he's going to hurt him and break his spirit. I don't know if McIntyre really won't be taking credit for what Raw is looking like these days. That just might not be it, fam. I agree. So Ziggler's music hits, and he comes down to the ring. Ziggler is confused as to why he wasn't mentioned in McIntyre's speech or seen in the appreciation video or invented to the, to the festivities. McIntyre answers that he was never invited. Awkwardly, after kind of scratching himself like, you know, my bad, it's an omission. Anyway, um, Ziggler says that, I'm sorry, McIntyre says that Ziggler doesn't meet the height requirement and that their business relationship is over. Um, he also says that Ziggler's role was to get him to a prominent position, which happened. So McIntyre thanks him and tells him he can leave. Ziggler doesn't leave. So McIntyre says that Ziggler should kiss his feet for making him relevant for the first time in 10 years. Ziggler then fires up those punches and counters with a tilt world at least to a zigzag. Uh, so Ziggler heads up the ramp after taking the shirt off because Apparently, after you get done fighting and beating somebody up or getting the best of them and you leave, you take your shirt off then. Yeah. Whatever. Got to show you all the um, muscles. Yeah. We want to fuck with Hollywood Court. So, so, so <laughs> before you, like, move on, like, with the Ziggler McIntyre thing, so they've done the quiet separation over the last yeah. couple weeks, right? right. And, and this is the official, and they blew it off in one night. This sounds yeah. hot-shotted as fuck, doesn't it? Like, they could have got a pay-per-view match out of this, right? I think I, I think that Ziggler is going to be the TV is going to be the TV program, Damn. and then Balor will be Damn. the pay per view stuff for now over the next six weeks, or they'll mix it up between them two until Royal Rumble. Yeah, um, poor Dolph Ziggler. <laughs> How many times are we gonna say poor Dolph Ziggler? We've been saying that since 2011. Hey, it's his own fault. This man could have left. He could have gone and did something else, but. Hey, you know, he, he stayed there and this is his role. Like, he's always going to be carrying the bags, essentially. I don't know what happens to this dude next. And they turn him face. You know what they do to faces on Monday Night Raw? My God. Yeah. So, as I said, Ziggler was heading up the ramp to leave, and then Corbin yells at him that he has a match right now against McIntyre. Um, so, we come back from commercial break with McIntyre in control. Ziggler tries a leaping DDT, but McIntyre turns it into a suplex. McIntyre then grabs the mic while they're both outside and says that maybe he still does have a soft spot for Ziggler. So now he'll treat him different and start treating him like Balor. Uh, McIntyre drives Ziggler back and forth uh, into the side of the ring in the barricade between those two. Uh, Ziggler, I'm sorry, Balor then walks onto the stage. We go to commercial break. We come back um, and Ziggler starts fighting back. But McIntyre cuts him off and it's an inverted Alabama slam. Uh, Ziggler then hits a leaping DDT that sends McIntyre to the outside. Uh, we then start to get high-pitched Let's Go Ziggler chants. You know, kids quit with it. They can, <laughs> they can sense the babyface turn, even though there ain't no babyface turn. He hasn't done nothing to show I was gonna that he's ask. Guy anymore. I, I was going to ask, did, um, did he get one of them microwaved-ass face turns where ain't yes, nothing really he, happened? Yes. 
he got a Seth Roll- he got a Seth Rollins Charlotte Flair special. Yeah. Like what happened to the days when there would be like a guy that has like another heel with him, and then the other heel is just going way too far, and then the other heel's like, man, I can't get down with that, and then like something happens where you know he takes somebody to the field of ambrosia, you know, like Dusty Rose <laughs> once said, and and turns face and becomes a hero. I guess that ain't for Dolph Ziggler. Or. Or like the days when like the Shield after uh, Rus- uh, the night after WrestleMania 30, like make the save for Daniel Bryan because he's about to lose the belt because they just do the bullshit cash fake cash in on Daniel Bryan. Like yeah, those days are over. Or, or what about when the manager was stealing money, you know, from the babyface? Like where where? Oh, there ain't no real managers anymore. Like so. <laughs> oh joy. Yeah. So. So McIntyre cuts him off again, uh, this time with a head button, and then crotches him out on the barricade. Uh, McIntyre then rolls Ziggler into the ring, and Ziggler somehow clips the ref uh, for a distraction. So Balor gives him a shotgun drop kick and sends McIntyre into the barricade. Uh, McIntyre struggles to beat the 10 count. Uh, he gets in at 9, and then Ziggler lands a super kick and gets the pin to complete the babyface special version of the patented Triple H fuck finish. Boy. So they beat Drew McIntyre. <laughs> No, no, no. That's so. Yeah. So that's next. Here we go. So commentary. I'm sorry. So Cole informs that this is the first time that McIntyre has been pinned or submitted since his return to the main roster. Man, just all in one night. We we get the match. We get McIntyre losing. Like we could have we could have got two pay per views out of those two happenings. But do we? No, we don't. I mean, I, I guess the only I guess the only thing that makes any sense is that if you if he just beat Ziggler in that match, and like, there, there's, why why would we want everyone to see another match? Why would we ever want to see that? I guess now what's gonna but now what's gonna happen is he's gonna beat the piss out of Ziggler for the rest of the month or for the next eight weeks. Yeah, he, he yeah he's gonna be doing lots of jobs for uh, yeah. Drew. Yeah. So commentary hypes up. Or hypes up Ron having a mystery tag partner and an Ambrose appearance and, and then recaps Elias getting whooped last week. Um, we see Elias, we see Elias walking backstage. We come back from commercial break and we get a, a video package from our AJ Styles and Daniel Bryan. So backstage, we see that McIntyre is pissed and then he decides to do, to do an interview. He says Ziggler was never his friend; he was just an asset. But now he's an enemy, and Balor is a marked man. Elias is in the ring. Um, for a song um, saying that Lashley won't be able to hide at uh, TLC. Rush and Lashley then interrupt. He didn't even get to Rush the Bobby says, Lashley sucks? Damn. Yeah. That shit, um, that shit was, was slapping last week when he, when he, when he said that. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Rush says that the spotlight belongs to the Almighty. Rush calls for a few poses that all build towards Lashley's Posing finish, the double ankle hold. So Elias comes up the ramp and they start brawling. Elias ends up getting the better of it and throws Lashley into the LED board. Elias then gets his guitar and, and that causes Lashley and uh, <laughs> Rush to scatter in different directions. But somehow Balor shows up. We never see him, but he shows up and he grabs Rush and throws him to Elias. And Elias smashes the guitar across Rush's back. Man, we got baby faces helping, helping each other out <laughs> out here. It's, yeah. it's a new day. Yeah. Apparently, now, you'll, yeah. So you, you, we have two now. Then you'll see three, and then at the very end is like, okay, all right. So 
Jinder Mahal um, and the Singh brothers are backstage with Corbin. Fuck. Uh, Jinder, Jinder volunteers to take care of Corbin. Uh, uh, Corbin says that he loves the sound of that, and as far as Braun Strowman goes, he's a one-armed man. Um, Ronald and Slater then come next into the office. Corbin says that he's crunched some numbers, and there's only room left for one of them on Raw. Uh, Corbin suggests that one of them should quit so they can save the other's job. But Slater says he's got kids, and, uh, and Rhino says he's worked hard and he just can't quit. So Corbin makes a loserous fired match. Man, so then the commentary hypes up Bobby <laughs> Bobby Roode versus uh, Drake Maverick. Hey, why they ain't put so, gender in that shit with them? <laughs> Go ahead. So it started off as Roode versus Maverick. But quickly, we go backstage and we see the AOP is beating the hell out of Gable backstage. And Geeks are trying to give him assistance. And Corbin runs up and says that, oh, I forgot to tell you guys that now it's a, a three-on-two handicap match. So AOP starts running from backstage. Rude sees it on the, on the Tron, So he quickly tries to grab onto Maverick. But Maverick is hanging onto the ring steps in the post. So he finally actually gets him to let go. And he hits the glorious DDT and goes for the cover. But AOP makes a save. So LP pound pound Bobby Roode into the ground until Gable comes back, walks up to the ring from the back. LP also cut, cuts him off, and so they hit Roode with the super collider and then tag in Maverick for the pin. Boy, that sounds riveting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so the commentary team congratulates John Cena for winning the Sports Illustrated Muhammad Ali Legacy Award. Did, so did they, did they announce it. anyone else that won that? Uh, I think they showed they talked about prior winners. But I, can't, I, I think it was like J, Jim Brown and a few other people. Um, you know, I, you know who like they the, did. You know who they didn't announce? Colin Kaepernick. You guess <laughs> Colin Kaepernick won. <laughs> you got it. Uh, good guess, huh? <sighs> yeah. So, do you think that like Kaepernick can make the XFL? If he stands for the anthem. Oh yeah, I forgot about that part. Moving on. Yeah. So, <laughs> <laughs> so in a word, no. <laughs> well, did, did well, he did say he would. He would stand for the anthem. This new, uh, tangent we went on to, but like, didn't Kaepernick say that he would start? That he would sit, stand for the anthem now that he's already made his point? Yeah, he said that like a year ago, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. But people didn't yeah. hear that. You know, yeah, right. meanwhile, Mark Sanchez played Monday Night Football. Jesus Christ. So, Dean, so uh, we get a Dean Ambrose promo. We get um, sirens go off. We get red and blue lights flash like the light cops. So, six guys are wearing tactical vests and gas masks, and they march out. Ambrose music hits as with, with, the, Ste- with the Steiner siren going on, also as a backdrop. Boy, boy. Um, he's also wearing a gas mask. Um, and he, he, he flared up. He looks like Bane almost. Uh, from uh, Dark Knight Rises. So, Ambrose begins the promo by speaking with the gas mask on. Uh, Ambrose makes some cracks about Houston, uh, and then the crowd keeps wanting him, so then he takes off the mask, and Ambrose says it's easy to get uh, Seth Rollins riled up. He calls Seth Rollins needy and emotional, just like the fans. Uh, Ambrose said that he's proud of the Shield, uh, but after a while, all Seth Rollins and Roman Reigns uh, cared about was being able to be role models for the fans. The crowd chanted for Rollins. Ambrose said he's the only one who hasn't changed, and that's remained a constant. 
Ambrose called himself the moral compass of the WWE. Um, Ambrose said that the fans probably didn't know what that meant because their schools in Houston are, aren't good. They're shitty. The school system. Uh, he said that Rollins uh, will, will lose control at TLC, but not to worry because I see uh, title will fall into the, into the um, right hands. His hey. so Rollins music hits, um, and um, he ends up beating up some of the fake SWAT team guys um, that are that go up to the ramp. Um, Rollins appeared to be. I'm sorry, uh, Rollins appeared to be um, overwhelmed by some of the SWAT guys, and he uh, got, he ended up um, overpowering them and then powerbombed one of those geeks uh, <laughs> to onto the forum over the four guys that are around there for the, for the you know, the big spot. So, Rollins then runs after Ambrose, uh, who now tries to take off into the crowd. They brawl a little bit um, in the crowd, and then they go right back into the um, ringside area. Um, Rollins was all over him and then clocked in, until Ambrose and clocked him with his gas mask and then Ambrose um, hammered away with him with the dirty deeds onto the uh, onto the floor so um, Renee says that we've seen Dan, uh, we've seen Dean Ambrose become unhinged before but what we're getting from him now is next level so the SWAT guy shoved Rollins uh, back into the ring so he can give him another dirty deeds. And um, a child then said he want. Uh, so as he's leaving, a child asked for a high five from Ambrose. Um, so after the break, uh, Graves pestered uh, Renee to tell us more about why Ambrose is like acting like this, um, and told her to do her job. Which ended up with Renee telling him, "Listen, no one is entitled to what goes on behind closed doors behind a husband and wife." Then how dare you? Um, it was it was all the bad acting. So I'm shocked. Uh, Dean Ambrose ain't go for the low blow in Houston by telling him that's why y'all team missed 27 three pointers in a row uh, in the Western Conference Finals Game Seven, and y'all lost, and y'all team look washed now. Yeah, that would be a good one, but remember, they only know the NBA stuff that involves like LeBron James in Cleveland. <laughs> In whatever team LeBron's on, <laughs> they only know LeBron adjacent stuff in the NBA. They don't know about that, even though whatever, and whatever, whatever. So, um, so so what you th- what do you think of this? Like, like was it like like a step up? Because we've been killing this feud for weeks. Okay, okay. So when he had the ma- when he had the gas mask on, it fucking sucked. Then he took the gas mask off. And it was damn good. Um, his promo, like, yes, it, it is. It's still not what you want, but it was still like, it was still good because it made it made you remind you like, oh yeah, Dean Ambrose is a great promo when he, when you let him when he wants to be. Um, and then the whole setup where he come where, where Rollins comes out, he would, would like a uh, like a bat out of hell and beats up all of these geeks and he's overpowering all these guys and he power bombs uh, the dude. Uh, the one guy onto the group, onto the pyramid of all the other guys on the bottom, that was cool. And he starts brawling with, Am- with Ambrose. He finally gets the better of him. Like, he's finally getting the better of him. And then, like, Ambrose cuts him off and then beats the hell out of him. So, that, that was the first time that this actually felt like what we should have been getting all along. Gotcha. Even though the gas mask shit was wacky, and it's still stupid as hell for him to say, to go last week and say, I'm getting inoculated. Um, I'm getting inoculations. So, <laughs> for him to go through that, and then show up with the gas mask on, and then take the gas mask off. Like the gas mask is supposed to be the heat, but then I, I almost feel like he realized that this shit was gonna die a death unless I take his gas mask off. <laughs> this is how I'm gonna believe that's how it went. Right? Because 
It was going poorly until that happened. Yeah, I caught the YouTube clip. They, like, spliced it up and all that. So there was, like, you know, more that you said that I didn't quite see. But, um, yeah. yeah. It, it looked like oh. his delivery was, like, very good. Oh, he he was on again. It was like, oh, yeah, this is the Dean Ambrose. It's like the, you know, the, the like the Dean Ambrose that we always want by the time he took that gas mask off. Well, that's um, good. I mean, he's still he's still doing the I hate I hate these fans. You make me sick thing, and then and then like we still get no explanation for why he did this. Uh, even though like you know storytelling is about like showing and telling, and then showing and then going off from there on expectations. Like they're still doing the mystery box J.J. Abrams bullshit of we're purposely misholding simple backstory so that we can try to like you know so we can try to like be cute. We, so, we can reveal it later and be like it was deep. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah. So we, where am I at now? Okay, I figured out where we're at. So after taking the power bomb through the table, um, onto the floor, they announced that Natalia had an injured arm. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. So. We go backstage, and uh, Charlie Caruso informed Nia Jax to mean that Rousey's uh, partner tonight will be Amber Moon. Um, uh, uh, Nia and Tamina tried to intimidate Caruso, or not tried to, they did. Um, said, that, um, said that Caruso should be her partner um, because it would be just as ridiculous as Moon. Um, Nia said the only reason they attacked Ronda, Ronda from behind was so they didn't have to see her face. Uh, Ronda said that they would have to see her face to face tonight, so they would be able to rearrange it, just like she did to Becky Lynch. And then Nia screamed down to the mic and peeked the, and peeked the mic and ruined my ears. So I watched the show with headphones on, and I'll never forgive her for this. So shit. So I heard about this scream. She just literally screamed for no reason, like ah. Dude, do you remember when um she? Do you remember in the build up to WrestleMania this year when? They had that. They played the hot. They did a hot mic deal with Mickey and Alexa. Right. And then she went to the back because she was so betrayed, and she she shrieked. Yes. She, and she tore that room apart, and she was shrieking. She yeah. did one of those shrieks into the mic when oh, the no. mic was literally less than a foot away from her mouth. Oh no! Not it, Chief. Look, this is what I'll say. Right. That promo is light years beyond that bullshit that she did last week, where she just was dying on a vine. Right. Like, she actually, when she got face-to-face with Caruso and said, I want to break your face, like, you're like, she should, she probably should beat this pencil neck geek up. Like, yeah. just for heat. But, like, because she really was intimidating and it worked until she shrieked and blew my ears out, but so I'll never give her credit for anything again. Go to hell. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, we get, so then we get Heath Slater versus Rhino. It just went, like, one minute. My um, God. Basically, he overpowers it, or Ron overpowers Slater into into the corner. Uh, Slater escapes. He hits that then hits that um, neck breaker for the pin, and he rolls out the ring. So they keep the camera on to uh, Rhino, who looks distraught because his career is not over. And then we go backstage, and Corbin hey, congratulates Slater on the win. And Corp and then Slater said, "You know, look, I feel bad." Um, like, is there anything I can do to try to help Rhino? And Corbin said he didn't care about Rhino and told Slater that he, to get into uniform. So Slater <laughs> was like, what the fuck you mean uniform? So this man pulls out a ref a ref uniform. That, so that man is now a hall monitor, a cop. That's, that's, that's incredible. 
we we give Baron Corbin a lot of shit, but that was funny as fuck. Yes. It, it, it truly it, look. <laughs> that sounds look, funny. <laughs> we give, this was this is one of the all time great dick moves, and you know, like given where we are right now with um with the Strowman thing, like this could come into play as far as like either trying to you know tell somebody out the right side of history. Talking about the right side of history, it could the bat the fate of balance and all this stuff could fall into later could fall into uh, Slater's hands. So we'll You're see. Right. You're right. Slater could be set up for uh, for for something. Yeah, I mean, he could, he, I mean, obviously, he could be the next Scott Armstrong too. So who knows? Yeah, how that never works. know. This might be a shoot. Like he might be a ref. Like, <laughs> I, I, yeah, it's believable in it. Kurt Hawkins, he could have got that ref treatment too. Yeah. So we get Finn Balor versus Jinder Mahal. Oh my uh, god. We, <laughs> yeah. So, Chandlock City. So we get Balor, uh, Balor messes come back with a double uh, foot stomp, an insigurious uh, sling blade, a running drop kick. Um, Sunil takes the ref, so Samir pushes Balor off the top rope. So then Apollo Crews He's back. runs out. He's back. And takes out the sings. He's back. Cole says, look, look, who, look who it is. It's Apollo Crews. Unbelievable. So, we get, uh, so Mahal kicks Apollo Crews uh, um, and saved his friends. And then uh, Balor wiped him out with a flip dive. Uh, Balor then followed up with a drop kick in the coup de, in the coup de grass, in the words of uh, in the words of uh, Blessy Rose for the win. Um, Caruso was about to do uh, another interview with Balor backstage, but then McIntyre attacked him from behind, next to like uh, beer taps and like or beer kegs. And it made a bunch of noise because you know they love doing beatdowns with a bunch of metal hitting the ground. Um, it, but it, he did beat the hell out of him, and then like said that you know I'm gonna whoop your ass and more more of that stuff. So then we get a um, a Lars Sullivan video. Um, I mean, look, the hype is really going on. It's the same video you saw um, on SmackDown tonight. Good God. So, oh, one thing I want to double back on. Sorry <laughs> about this. So we, we were talking about uh, how Lucha House Party. Is having a three on one handicap match, and how Cole is like, or Graves is like, this is bullshit. Cole is like, it's fine, it's fine. Then, when AOP beat the hell out of Bobby Roode and Gable, when the tables were turned, all of a sudden it was a, it was a disgusting spick whack by some heels. It's just killing their announcers' um, credibility like one week at a time. How did you? Look, were there any Reneeisms this week? Um, I mean, the Renaniums would be the fact that she doesn't want to answer no questions about this about this Dean Ambrose shit. Gotcha. Like it makes her look bad. It makes her look bad every single week. It really does. Man. Like, if they're gonna do this, they need to turn her heel. I, I think they should. But then again, like Graves is a baby face. I mean, mm-hmm. whatever. Like he he goes back and forth anyway. Like he don't you know know what the fuck like. Oh, he's a new JBL. Yeah, yeah. So, anyway, so we come out and we get a tag match. You get uh, Ronda Ronda and Ember versus Nia and Tamina. Actually, before Um, you you go on with that, it ain't like we ain't seen Renee stick up for the heels before. Remember when she was, like, coming to the defense of Nikki Bella and all this stuff, like, during the Ronda feud and all that? Like, she can do it, like, in a way. Yeah, that's true. She could. 
I just I just don't want I'm just can I have look one another heel like, <laughs> can I have this, yeah like we turn we turn we doing too much fucking turning right now anyway um so we getting um so we get the tag match Ronda and Ember versus Nia and Tamina uh Rousey marched out to the ring with with the face on the mean face because she's mad and she's been mad for three hours. Uh, <laughs> Has she been? She just been sitting backstage with a heavy bag, or just like kicking the walls, or like what do you think Ronda was doing back there? Like just just sending what? out just, just sending better, out t- bad tweets about Becky Lynch, or like like what? Better question is how? Well, oh, another thing I forgot to mention because I uh, skimming, uh, went through this. Okay, so during Naya's uh, promo, she says that. When she's intimidating uh, Charlie, she says that Ronda Rousey is still hurt from her beating from Charlotte. What? Dude, this what? sent me into a bl- this is this is the reason why I'll never forgive her. I was mad about that, and then she screamed to my ear. I was like, you know what? I'm done with you. Like, no, I'm, <laughs> no, no. So she no, said, "Gotta go. You're a fucking moron." She no, said Ronda Rousey is. Still recover. She, there's no way she's a hundred percent from the attack from Charlotte. Yes, even though she fucking wrestled the very next night on TV without a can world smiling. It's December fourth now, James. I know. Yeah, man. Uh, that's bad. Very bad. Like now, <sighs> it's gone from. We have to suspend disbelief for one person being able to take out to like be able to overcome one particular injury that another person is devastated by between Ray and Ronda. Now they went from this is a devastating beating, and she immediately shakes shit off and walks off on her own. Then comes on next night and wrestles and everything's fine. To this fucking heel telling her that it, that she's hurt after this is going to be weeks down the line from last time they, from it happening, even though she's wrestling, she's wrestling, Rich. Uh, I mean, explain to WWE writers. You know that's that's a futile activity at this point, especially Monday Night Raw. Like with last week and this week, my God, it, it, this sounds anyway, like me, this I, sounds roughly I, similar to last week. But there's no Seth Rollins and Dolph Ziggler match. Yeah, let me let me let me get through this. All right, so Ron, <laughs> so Ronda rocks out there, really upset. Um, and then, and then um, they start fighting. She starts fighting those two before they before Ember even comes out. Ember has to em, can't even do her entry. She has to sprint out to get into the fight. Um, so they start. So they start going back and forth, back and forth. Um, and it started out kind of hot. They had some urgency or whatever else. So like, there's still like ten minutes left on the show. Um, and then we go to commercial break. We come back. Uh, the hills are in control. Um, but Ember fought back on Tamina. Uh, Naya distracted the referee, allowing uh, Naya to hit a super kick. Um, Amber hit a uh, went for a tag, but uh, Naya knocked Rousey off the apron. Uh, Amber dodged a, a, and charged at Tamina and, and knocked um, Naya off the rope, uh, off the apron. Um, Rousey makes a hot tag and she has three consecutive uh, clotheslines with the clotheslines with the roll through. Um, Rousey kicked Tamina in the corner and told Jax to tag in. And uh, she didn't want to tag in. She looked like she was shook off the realness. Tamina uh, tags her. So Naya gets in, pretends like they're going to go, and then immediately tags Naya or Tamina right back in. And Tamina was looking out there looking tired. Not tired, tired. <laughs> so um, 
Rousey ends up using some strikes on Tamina. She went up for the step up in Seguri, but she completely botched it. It was similar, it was similar to what she did with Nia in the match at Money in the Bank, but she completely whiffed on it. Um, and Tamina sold it anyway. It was like the Lars kick off. It was like the Lars Black Mass all over again. Yeah. So I uh, Rousey uh, kicked um, Nia out the ring. Ember gave Tamina a, an eclipse, and then Ronda applied the armbar for the pin, and it was not good. I like the roll throughs Ronda was doing on her hot tag, but you know this is a very patterned match. Like, there's nothing like really to write home about. Uh, I caught a YouTube yeah. clip of this as well. Yeah, it's clearly like a gr- green wrestler, um, very good wrestler versus two other women that aren't good at wrestling either. But like the match layout, the match layout was there. It's just like the execution wasn't there, except for one person. Why am I not sure? Oh yeah, we went to, oh yeah, that was the end. Go to hell, Raw. <laughs> so, so James, how, how did you like Monday Night Raw? It was better than last week. Um, it had better, it had uh, better moments for the heels. There wasn't a match that was as good as the um, Ziggler and Rollins match, but I didn't hate every single promo from la- like last week, and. Like at least the baby faces are now like starting out to come come or there seems to be some storyline plots developing for leading towards this you know GM election bullshit. So I can't tell you. I mean, look, we're you're about to do SmackDown Live and like yes, this was a better Raw was a better show this week, but like you about to go through Raw or SmackDown is like this ain't even close. And they don't even compare. Yeah. Um. So. This is like the first like week of Raw like I I didn't watch in like a long time and if Raw is like really beating you down just take a week off I can tell you it just like feels so much better when you wake up in the morning it's like wow I just kind of let it go for the night I didn't worry about it I had friends texting me about what was happening so I caught a couple updates but it wasn't really something I was worried about at the time um it, it will recharge you so <laughs> if I can offer any advice from my one week off from Raw yeah, like this show, even more than the last show, um, like it's far less Corbin, but still, it's so, um, like the lacking, the lack of star power is so telling on this show. And apparently the ratings came out for this show, and it was the lowest Raw of all time. Uh, it was the lowest first hour of Raw ever. The ratings went up in the second hour and then dumped in the third. And they were like around 2.1. And there's serious concern, or I wouldn't say concern, like there's speculation that SmackDown is going to outdo them in the ratings this week, which was like crazy. I mean, probably should happen. It's a much better show. They have better characters. They have better stories. They have better wrestling. Like what does Raw what does Raw do better than than SmackDown? You won't get me um to come on here and lie to you, so <laughs> um that's that's gonna wrap it up for the Raw portion. We will be back with the SmackDown Live portion, which I will be covering this week. So stay tuned. Welcome back. It is time to review SmackDown Live. So SmackDown, the A Show, the A Show, yes. Um, and it is uh, December fourth, of course. They are live from the University of Texas. Um, I believe that is uh, Austin, Texas. Is that what you are Texas? correct, sir? Okay. Um, 
it always seemed like cool to be a longhorn for some reason like i don't know if that was the whole like them being good in the mid 2000s and i don't know but it it was a brand like it was a brand i don't want to get into talking about like about texas recruiting and all that and or high school or high school recruiting whatever else but like texas had texas definitely had that brand like even starting back from like Matt Brown taking over and Ricky Williams on the stuff, but like let's let's move on from there. Because I remember I had a um, uh, the, the football game, the college football game, and I had one of my dynasties yep. as Texas or whatever. Yep. <laughs> so um, we opened up and um, with a flashback of Paige's announcement with Becky and Charlotte in the ring, they reviewed Oscar reviving her career by winning that battle royal. Paige was in the ring. She said, SmackDown isn't just a land of opportunity. It is the brand that makes history. So, James, we are making more history again. Um, She's proud to sanction the first women's TLC match, and it is a triple threat match. So, no, no one has to take a fall in the match. Podcasters and fans who assume that Asuka is here to get pinned. I can't count how many people have mistaken such a simple fucking thing. Yes, I, 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 I was getting so annoyed when people kept saying that they're putting Oscar going to take the fall. Like, dude, it's a TLC match and there's a belt involved. The shit's going to be put overhead and people will have to climb a ladder to go get it. Fucking it's imbeciles. not that difficult. You grab the belt to win. Um, they brought out Oscar first and then Charlotte and then the man, Becky Lynch. And uh, felt like Becky got the biggest reaction. She walked in like she would, she, she would whoop anyone in the building. A second later, the Becky chance rang out, and I knew for sure she got the biggest reaction. Um, Becky gets the mic first, and she says, you know, we're making history, so it must be Tuesday because she makes history whenever she steps in this ring, and she plans to do the same thing at TLC. None of the tables, ladders, or chairs can compare to what she had to do to get here. She's like, uh, she doesn't care if they earned it like Asuka or not like Charlotte, essentially. Charlotte picks up the mic from there, and she says, uh, you know, this is the same song. Becky, you, you can change it now. Uh, talking about I was handed an opportunity. If that helps you sleep at night, here are the facts. I picked up the ball you dropped and destroyed Ronda easily with a kendo stick. Uh, and it took one punch from Nia Jax to break you, so they're still leaning heavily into that. She's essentially like, imagine what I'm going to do to you. And this was Charlotte in that on that full heel shit, it seemed like. Yeah. The best part about it is, like, she's completely negating the fact that, like, you know, SmackDown, I guess, the, actually, I can't even say that about her. It's the whole fucking show except for the New Day. Like, every, we completely dropped the part about, like, Shane and I don't, I don't want to see Stephanie gloat and all this other shit. It's all about, Over. like, oh, we oh we just got swept. There's no need for changes. Never mind that. I'm okay. That's <clears throat> good. It's all good. So, so she's, like, like, Charlotte's out here bragging and she fucking lost. Yep. So, um, Becky, <laughs> I'm getting there. So, um, and they start kind of shouting over each other. And Becky was like, I'll own you like I have uh, the past few months. Asuka gets on the mic. Yes, you heard that correct. Asuka gets on the mic. And she yeah. says, Becky already beat you. And she has never beat me. At Survivor Series, you chose wrong. I would have beaten Ronda because Charlotte lost. And at TLC, I will beat you. And then Charlotte was like, you're going to beat Ronda? I beat you at WrestleMania and broke your streak. Uh, Oscar looked at her and said, you got lucky, essentially. Becky hopped back on the mic. She said, none of y'all can beat Ronda, and you can't beat me. And the whole crowd cheers for Becky. And then Becky walks out the ring. Um, 
Charlotte looks at Paige and says, so you're just going to let her leave? And she, that's cool. Becky's all talk these days anyway. And then Asuka starts yelling in Japanese, and it's awesome because, um, you know, she has the great it energy. Sounds, it sounds like she's cussing her out. Correct. Um, and from there, Charlotte was like, I shattered your mystique, and I'm going to finish you at TLC. This whole thing felt like Charlotte rehab, and it was like, <laughs> you know, we got to nurture nurse her back to health, essentially, like all the damage like Becky Lynch has put on her um, these three previous months. Okay, so let's just move to the side now. I'm going to ask you a question. Yeah. After watching this after watching just this promo, not even going to get into the match um, and the angle that they shot uh, in, the, in that match, in that tag match. While watching this, did it not feel that Charlotte, who has been getting her ass whooped left and right for months, Becky, who hasn't, who's been pinned one time since May, or pinned or submitted one time since May 8th, and is the, the uh, winningest person on SmackDown this year, and Asuka, who they buried six feet deep um, for the last eight months, or, well, not eight months, uh, six months or whatever else. They did not feel that these were uh, the three hottest acts in the company uh, at that, after watch or so far. Did you, not feel like that. If you cut SmackDown off at 810, yes. We'll, we'll get to Daniel Bryan later, but yeah. it looks like this so, should be the main so, event of, of right. TLC. So this is clearly the main event, right? This should be the main event of TLC, you know, on the meritocracy scale. Um, so Asuka had great energy with the English and Japanese. I want her speaking more Japanese because she's comfortable. Obviously, we don't have to know what she says because the energy translates. So <laughs> this was Asuka's Asuka's best mic work. Um, it, it came off so well. Um, she still she felt she still has her star aura somehow, some way, even though they bared her six feet deep, like I mentioned earlier. Um, I, I think they're going to tear the house down. Yeah, for sure. I really do. Um, after that, we got the Mandy Rose music. So, Maybach music. And <laughs> so, uh, Mandy was like, you know, these are this is how you want to make history with these undeserving women instead of the women that you personally groomed for superstardom in WWE. Charlotte, you lost that Survivor Series. So, Mandy bringing it up. Uh, Sonya gets on the mic. She says, yeah, Oscar, bring it to the light. Yeah, tell the truth. Um, she said, Oscar, you won that Battle Royal last week by a fluke. I made one mistake. I dominated that whole Royal Rumble. But look me in the eye, and you, you can tell that ain't never happening again. Um, Mandy says, you want to see fire and desire? You're looking at it. So it's like, you know, I ain't heard a white woman talk about fire and desire since Teen Marie singing with Rick James. So after that, uh, they start saying, you know, what's going to happen if uh, Charlotte and Oscar don't make it to TLC? And immediately I started typing, Paige makes a tag team match with Charlotte and Oscar versus Manny and Sonya. And in the spirit of SmackDown, that is exactly what they do. Uh, word to Teddy Long, holla, holla, holla. Um, after that, Shane McMahon was in the back for his one appearance of the night. Um, <laughs> so the less Shane, the better. Miz. Goes up to him and asks him why he's hosting Miz TV with Daniel Bryan. Shane says because it's the most must-see TV show in WWE history. Miz assures him that he's going to do a great job hosting. And he says, you know, as two, three, thirds best in the world, he still asks him about that tag team shit. And, you know, Shane still turned him down like, fuck out of here. And, you know, Shane was like, you know, I need you to get some new some answers out of the new Daniel Bryan. And I don't owe you anything. Uh, Miz puts his hands around a trophy like as a child and says not in front of the trophy and all this other stuff and just you know more comedy geekdom from the Miz uh, did a good job for you know what it's worth 
Uh, after that, we got Charlotte and Asuka versus Mandy and Sonya. Decent match. Um, Asuka and Sonya started with some chain wrestling. Uh, Saxton brought up Mandy and Sonya being on the rocks, and Graves dismissed him, dismissed him like he didn't hear it. Uh, more grappling and strike attempts until Sonya escaped. Mandy got the heat on Asuka, and Graves went into his sexual deviant act um, over Mandy Rose, which is ultimately sounds like some Me Too shit, but never mind. Um... <laughs> So, Asuka hit a missile dropkick from the second rope and told Sonya to kiss her ass. Um, Charlotte got the heat on Mandy, so it was the tall blonde versus the shorter blonde. Uh, Double T-bone suplexes for both Mandy and Sonya and a nip-up from Charlotte, so she was trying to flex a little bit. Hit a a vertical press dive uh, on those uh, two on the outside of the ring. Then all of a sudden, Becky walked out and the woos stopped from the crowd and the Becky champs began. So they went picture in a picture, uh, and Mandy and Sonya trading whoop, traded whooping Oscar during the break. Uh, we were back from break, and Mandy cut Oscar off with a slam, pin attempt for two, uh, twice. Caught caught some stiff knees from Sonya, and then a sliding V trigger um, from Sonya, and the Oscar chance began because they were getting the heat on her. Then Mandy Rose hits the V trigger, and it felt like a Kenny Omega tribute match, and just lots of knees here. So Mandy wheelbarrowed Asuka and she reversed it and stunned Mandy. Hot tag for Charlotte. And we got to see what a Charlotte Flair hot tag looked like. And you know what it looked like, James? Chops. Lots of yeah. chops. Hey, it worked though. Like, it was effective. Like, that one thing I liked about Charlotte is that she's starting to save the chops almost like how almost like how Okada saves the drop kick. Like, she pulls him <laughs> out at a special time. Like, you pull out late in the match. I like it now. Yep. So, Oscar um, booted, uh, or excuse me, uh, Mandy and Oscar uh, were on the apron, uh, you know, kind of fighting and, you know, doing that thing where the heels will rip uh, the, the babyface tag person off the apron. Uh, but Charlotte booted Oscar on accident, and then Oscar came right the fuck back with a sliding kick that leads to Charlotte and pinned by Sonya. Oscar uh, was like, oh well. Um, <laughs> after that, the camera showed Becky, Oscar, and Charlotte, and the build for this match is on fucking point. Feels like it should go on last. Um, if, if this don't go on last, I don't, I don't like. I mean, you could obviously put, uh, you know, Daniel Bryan and, and AJ on last, but like. I feel like that is that is a great number two match that we're having right now as opposed to that's the main event. Like, we have an awesome number one match. So we got the New Day goofiness next. Uh, it was a triple threat between Cesaro, um, Xavier Woods, and Jay Uso, which I'll get to later. Um, I just want to know, can I get a 6-9 remix of the Uso's theme song? I need to hear 6-9 uh, on there if, if they can make sure he doesn't go to jail. But... Um, I don't think we need. I don't think we need uh, Takashi like around that. I don't think we need him <laughs> anywhere involved with WWE right now. I don't. I don't think so. So um, we got the New Day commentary that said they were here to give the people what they want, like Jalen Rose. Um, <laughs> after that. Uh, Xavier Woods and Jay uh, did the beginning of the match acrobatics where Woods went for a German. Uh, Jay f- flipped through, missed strikes, schoolboy attempts back to back, pin attempts traded, and a stare down. Uh, and then they went to commercial. Cesaro knocked Xavier out of the ring, hit a you going to jail uppercut now on Jay. Um, and then after uh, they showed Cesaro destroying the pancake table, which was excellent during the break. Uh, disrespect for all the pancakes. Uh, Jay hit uh, Xavier with a running ass and then hit a dive on Cesaro, <laughs> on Cesaro 
Um, <laughs> so Woods also hit a diving tornado DDT from the apron, which is pretty cool and violent looking. Uh, Cesaro dove at the corner, but he ran into a kick from Jay. Uh, Xavier hit hit the uh, elbow after a knees up pin attempt from Cesaro. After that, we got punches from Xavier and Jay. And at this point, I didn't realize it wasn't Jimmy wrestling until this point in the match. I thought it was Jimmy this whole time, but it turned out to be Jay. So all my notes on this say Jimmy instead. Um, So from there, it was Jay, uh, which is the one not married to Naomi for everybody. Um, So Cesaro swing on Jay with Xavier Woods on his back in a fireman's carry position. This man's a ridiculous athlete. If you haven't heard this, um, I got a text from Dave Fennish all the time. Why don't they let Cesaro just be awesome every week? I was like... Questions from 2014. So, <laughs> yeah. and, and also it's like, well, if he's not, if, well, we have to have something to keep Seamus relevant. Yeah. Uh, or else his, you know, he may have been uh, out of here at this point. Yeah. So, um, Jay catches a recovering Cesaro with a super kick for the pin. Um, yeah, man. So, th- I thought this was, was a very good match. Very good match. Um, all three guys can wrestle and, you know, that is real basic what it is hey yeah you get look you get three great wrestlers and athletes in the ring and they were given time to showcase their talents and got and what a shock they did really well with that so after that rusev uh has an interview with caleb braxton aka the fly ref as james would say um (laughs) then uh you know they talked about Nakamura uh, attacking Rusev. He said, you know, uh, Nakamura attacked me. He was like, look at my chest like a wine barrel and my biceps like Mount Fuji. Look at these traps uh, like a double-decker Taco Supreme. I'm strong, relentless, and hungry. And I'm not hungry for yogurt, chicken, or cheese. Uh, Dan O'Brien would approve of that. Um, and he said he's hungry for the U.S. belt, his U.S. belt. This belt stands for honor and tradition, and this is a great time, everyone, to remember that Rusev, when he was the United States champion, rode into WrestleMania 31 on a fucking tank like he was a no-limit soldier out here. Um, He said Nakamura has no honor and tradition, and he's going to feast on Nakamura on the greatest holiday of them all, Rusev Day. And then he sang Rusev Day. Who needs Aiden English? Very good question. Where he at, though? Yeah. Ain't seen him. Uh, after that, we got that Lars video package. Uh, says it doesn't matter which brand he goes to. He's going to wreak havoc like you've never seen before. Sounds boring, honestly. Uh, Strowman already did all that, bruh. You sound like another generic monster. Whatever. Um, after that, Miz was in the ring with his absurd glasses on, and it was time for Miz T. Actually, they, he got interrupted. So R-Truth and Carmella came out there and cut him off, and they hit a dance break and started flossing, a.k.a. the dance where you dance without bending your knees, and then they leave. Um, then Miz was like, looked at the crowd like, what the fuck happened, and you know, asked the crowd, did they start dancing? Then he went into his promo. He said, over the course of eight years, Daniel Bryan has been on Miz TV numerous times, uh, and he's making an appearance for the first time as the new WWE champion, the new Daniel Bryan. Then it was a new Titantron for Daniel Bryan, no yeses. He had a new logo, new colors, and he hinted at starting a yes chant. Fans were lightly chanting yes in the background, uh, but that was short-lived. Yeah, that didn't last long at all. Um, <clears throat> the Miz announces down, the new Daniel Bryan to booze, as should he call him new, and said, to be honest, you look like the old Daniel, at least physically, but there's something else. You look more confident. There's no such thing as being a good guy, essentially. Um, 
And you realize that I was right all along. From there, Darren Bryan said, everyone thought the old Darren Bryan was smart, but how smart could he be if he listened to these people? But then I came to the realization that I don't care about these people, and I allow my dreams to take control. I don't have intellectual peers, including yourself, to discuss this with. So he called him dumb in a a roundabout way. And he talks about how he read Alexander Hamilton and started going on and saying the word fickle and calling the fans sheep. And then he owned the what chance in a way that I haven't, really heard anyone do he not not only owned them once but he owned them twice um and he says you know alexander hamilton uh given power he had a quote said given power to the miles masters is dangerous or something like that miz went back on the mic and said you know but i've been saying what this dude has said for years the only reason you have the belt is because you did whatever it took to win. Brian said, basically, man, stop dancing. I kicked AJ Styles in the groin. I kicked one man in the groin one day. These people harm the earth every day with their needless consumption, with water bottles and the food they eat. And if you want to count sins, I kick one man in the groin one day. These people commit countless atrocities against the earth every week, every day, every year. And at this point, Dan Bryan's like turned up the vigor and the and the the blade and the cutting, the way he's delivering these lines, essentially like a real asshole. Um, the Miz says, uh, for eight years, you painted me as a bad guy, but you've had everyone fooled. I saw right through you the whole time. I want you to admit that you owe me. And he asked him, are you WWE champion because you listen to what I said? Yes or no? Brian says, yes, then no. Then yes, then no, then yes, then no. Pissing everyone off in the building. Um, and he says, honestly, it doesn't matter. The only thing that matters is that the old Daniel Bryan is dead. And the yes movement with these logos is dead. And he pulls out the um, the plate uh, of the championship. AJ Styles came out after that. Um, and, you know, Brian shoved Miz into AJ. Brian hits it and begs off. Miz attacks Styles, and then Brian attacks Styles, and Miz skull crushing finale Styles. James, this feels like Stone Cold Steve Austin turning heel because he wanted to try something new for me. Daniel Bryan is an annoying environmentalist. It just makes me stare at the screen. Of course, he's doing an excellent job at it. He's Daniel Bryan. But I'm getting all these messages of how great a heel this dude is. And all I can think of him as being is the best babyface of the last 20 years in wrestling. And this company being absolute, so absolutely clueless that he has to pitch turning heel to begin getting any type of attention worth a damn creatively. Daniel Bryan had an element of Bret Hart in him during this segment where what he's saying actually makes sense, but you ain't trying to hear that. And they yeah. announced and AJ versus Miz And he smartly decided to do this in Texas. <laughs> yeah, that's that's funny. So um, it, it, it goes more with the um, political things that WWE is doing lately when they're talking about all the millennials and skinny jeans and, um, you know, painting environmentalists and you know people like that is evil and just different more shit i i just can't enjoy this james i i i i don't i don't find it fun i just find dan bryan as another wrestler now um the way he's being used it was like how they said stone Cold steve austin was john wayne at one point then he turned and it was just like oh it's just another storyline and i feel similar like about this like what are your thoughts on this dan bryan thing I'm I'm not as hung up on it as you are because like ultimately if he's ever gonna come back around and be a hot babyface act again, 
he kind of needed to change anyway, and he never got changed, and they saddled him with, uh, like, big cast at the beginning and that bullshit. So if this leads towards he goes on a two-year run, a two year run as a heel and then he comes back as a babyface somehow, some way, like, he's going to come back on the other end, like, back to being the level that he was at his peak because this is a, really, this is a very creative mind, as you see by the stuff he's doing. Like, you know, if you had told me that, like, let's say six months ago, that Dean Ambrose and Daniel Bryan were both going to turn heel this year. Who do you think is going to have a better run? Um, it, I, would ne- I would never, I would, ne- I would never have said like Daniel Bryan's going to knock this shot the park in, the, in this, in this way um, compared to Dean Ambrose. So like, he's doing great work, but it's, it's, I get like, it's definitely like the Becky shell over again to an extent. Like, it's like, yeah, she's doing great. Yeah. This person's doing great work, but like this person's person is going to do great work regardless if you let the, if you get out the damn way. So, or if you like, you know, help foster their creativity. Um, so it's not about necessarily them turn heel as much as it is like y'all are shitty at trying to at trying to grow baby faces or maintain baby faces. Like you can only do it for short periods of time in windows when it's like a lot of stuff that's not even your your actual intent. A lot of this is by mistake. No. So, or it's like a special attraction like Goldberg or Sting. You know what I'm saying? Like those were like people that you know legends and shit. But you can't get you, you can't figure this out with these people that are like ascending. Yeah, and they're like their time to shine is to be legend. Their time to shine and to be like all the way over face in the way they I never before is like you know down the line when they come back as a style jazz. And it's sad. Yeah, it, it just makes me look at it, and, and I was like, I need to, to to take a fucking drink before I do this damn show because I was just so like. Like watching, well, and we'll get to it later. Like after the Daniel Bryan like beatdown and all that, I was just kind of just so taken out of the show, just so disappointed at what they've done to one of my favorite guys ever. Right, literally a, a top three guy in my all time, you know, list of wrestlers, and it's just saddening that they can fuck this up this bad and turn him to what I feel like isn't a guy that's actually going to impact anything when he had the world in his hands um, a couple years ago when he returned no, not, not even a couple years uh, ago like a couple months just, ago yeah just six months ago and, seven months ago and it just is very disheartening for me and I'm not I'm not feeling it like as good as it is and, and I can I can take my, my personal feelings and set them aside He's lighting it on fire right now. Like if, like he's literally Absolutely. getting this whole arena to just say fuck whatever you know we had for you. Like just because he's so good at pushing buttons, it just makes me feel sad. Like just seeing like what he this guy has to do to with this company. I'm never going to come off the fact that he should have left. He should have gone to New Japan and done whatever um, or anywhere else. Literally and. It's like when Bret Hart went to WCW. Vince McMahon has no idea what to do with the Daniel Bryan. So, okay, so since so since SummerSlam, right? If you were to say from SummerSlam, the, actually counting the day of SummerSlam, from the day of SummerSlam to right now, would the five best individual acts on the main roster all be on SmackDown between Becky, Charlotte, Samoa Joe, Daniel Bryan, and AJ Styles? If you want to make an argument for Drew McIntyre, maybe. Uh, I don't know who you're replacing, but I think he's a raw candidate. 
Um, Strowman's been in and out with his injury. Brock's not around. Roman's gone. Rollins and Ambrose has been dragging each other down. So there is a great argument for SmackDown having the five biggest acts or best acts. The A show, huh? Yeah. Six, <laughs> six and one, huh? Yeah. Six and one. So, um, and that's like before you get to like Jeff Hardy, who's like still good after all this time, yeah. and Randy Orton. Um, <laughs> Ray Mysterio. Yeah. So they announced AJ versus Miz tonight. Uh, and then we had a Jeff Hardy versus Randy Orton match that was pretty good. Uh, this is their second match after their Hell in a Cell match. They had a brawl to begin, and Jeff threw Randy on the table. After that, um, there was a whisper in the wind. James, did Orton get hair surgery, or is he just growing it back? Do you know? Nah, he just has a widow's peak for a hairline, so we always, so we, it always looked like he was always losing at the temples. But like, nah, he it's it just like he has one of those weird hairlines. Gotcha. Uh, I didn't know if he had had got the uh, the system put in. So <laughs> the Le- oh, the LeBron, yeah, the LeBron does a commercial system. Yeah, yeah. So uh, you know, SmackDown, like just looking at it, like with that, like they got a lot of older guys here on the low. Like I, ain't, you know, shh. So, <laughs> um, it, ain't, it ain't on the low. All these dudes, and, and the show is better because all these people are experienced in like having spent years crafting or trying to craft doo doo in the diamonds. Yeah. As opposed to a raw, where all these dudes are like young, are like kind of like youngish slash green slash, um, you know, like are trying to carry or trying to like now have a legacy as opposed to people that are, are all on raw already have legacies for the most part, except for the women. Like yeah. Daniel Bryan already has a legacy, and his styles. Already, already built a legacy since he's gotten you know into the WWE and also and stuff outside of that. Samoa Joe, Ditto, uh, Randy Orton, uh, Jeff Hardy, Hall of Famers, Nakamura, uh, you know, Hall of Famer overseas. Like the show's loaded with, with veteran talent, and Raw is not. And you clearly see that come through every single week. Like Ray wasn't even on the show this week. It was Nakamura or almost. <laughs> Um, after that uh, double legs to the groin Orton took control and ended up getting the hanging DDT Uh, he went into a hope spot and they traded counters to finishes Uh, Jeff went to the top and Orton knocked him off Jeff ended up hitting a twist of fate went back to the top and then Orton rolled out of the ring caught a basement drop kick for his troubles then Jeff slammed Randy on the table and went to the top and I was like there's no way in 2018 that Jeff Hardy can jump that far this is not close happening so at that point i thought samoa joe was gonna like yank him off the buckle or anything but joe ended up being on the titan tron so it wasn't like joe's music started and then he just looked around like a geek but joe was actually talking to him and joe was at the bar and then he laughs like well he said i'm at the bar and he laughed like uh well of course jeff hardy knows what a bar looks like and then 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 jeff hardy caught an rko loses and from there joe was like Tough break. I'm WWE Superstar Samoa Joe. I'm here to warn you about the dangers of excess. Like most things in life, moderation is key. You can choose to have a few and have a good time, or have 14 of these and end up in jail. Or even if you, or, or if you even wake up. This is fresh off of Jeff's recent DUI jams. Um, I know that. <laughs> I remember the thing we talked about. The thing we talked yes. about when that first happened was we found out he sh- he drank or he ended up blowing a um. A point two four, point two six on his on his um on his breathalyzer. We were like, dude, you know how drunk, you know how much of a tolerance or alcohol you have to have to be able to not just be laid out, 
but to be able to get in the car and then start it and then drive somewhere with uh, blowing a 2.4, 2.0. Uh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, a .24, a .26. Like, that is, like, you need to go get help for your drinking problem. Yeah. So, like, for him to do that is, like, you know, I hope I hope Jeff's okay with this, but, like, they're, they're going to put real quick in also. It's getting real awesome real quick, too. Like, they've got, like, you know, they're little, literally through wrestling history, like, where they've done storylines with alcohol. Like, of course, like, if you remember Jake Roberts, they did the thing with Jerry Lawler with the bourbon, and they poured the real bourbon down his throat. At that point, if Jeff really needs, like, some type of help or anything, I hope they don't take it that far. Um, but if, if they're keeping it on a level where Samoa Joe is just, like, doing these type of things, it's really, it seems like people are going to cheer Jeff Hardy for this because the fans cheered Jeff as he left. Like, it's like, no matter what, we still, he's a flawed hero, but we love him. Like, that's that's what Jeff right. is. And it was a full after-school PSA voice. Smojo is hilarious. Uh, great yes. actor. And, and, and it was so good that, like, they for real need to, like, use that. Like, unironically need to actually use that and be like, send it out to, like, on a p on a PR release somewhere and be like, yeah, man, like y'all should use this. Oh, after like, that, they should. You know what they should also they should also use when the AJ, when AJ Styles was in his uh was in the, <laughs> when the AJ Styles on the ring steps trying to yes. tell kids to stay uh, to not use drugs that dope is for dopes. Yes. Um. After that, we got news that Cesaro and Sheamus will be challenging the New Day to a rap battle, or the Usos to a rap battle, and the New Day would be hosting. So that can't be anything but terrible. Um, after that... <laughs> <laughs> Look, man. Okay. I, we have to assume that the Usos and New Day are going to help them out with the bars, right? I guess. I guess. Now that you mention like, it. Do you, do you think that they'll have access to the OVO sweatshop, or I don't think so. Will, will, um, will Quentin Miller be available? I don't think so. I don't, I don't think no? so. But Cesaro, you know, I don't know who these guys are necessarily friends with. You never know who's connected with who. So maybe maybe Sheamus got bars on the low. Who knows? You know. Um, after that, uh, Charlotte and Oscar was announced for next week in a WrestleMania rematch. Uh, they've been doing this match on match on house shows recently, so the uh, chemistry is probably still there. Um, then we got AJ Styles versus The Miz. So Brian was walking through the back during AJ's entrance, and uh, Caleb Braxton flagged him down and says, Earlier it appeared you left. And then Darren Bryan hopped in and was like, You know, the new Darren Bryan does not run. Everything I do, I do with purpose. Now I'm going to commentary. So Graves gets uh, Dan Bryan on commentary and he asks him how to do better because he eats food with GMOs and he asks him all these like gaslighting troll ass questions. Um, and Dan Bryan doesn't really play in any of that shit. Byron Saxon says you call the people fickle and they lobbied for you to get your job back. Um, and, you know, they've support and Dan Bryan was like, how have they supported me? They haven't been there when I was in the hyperbaric chamber for three hours. Um, and during this time, AJ and Miz, um, oh, bitch, oh, wasn't with you me shooting in the gym. Like exactly. That's yeah. exactly what that sounds like. Sounds like bitch, wasn't shooting me in the gym, shooting with me in the gym. Um, I know. Uh, after that, uh, AJ and Miz were doing their open opening sequence of the AJ Styles matches where he finishes it with a drop kick. Uh, you guys may have seen it before. Um, Graves was then egging Brian on with more like vegan eco, uh, type questions, uh, and then he said, I'm out here to enjoy the beauty of watching AJ Styles perform. Uh, Byron Saxon asked what Brie Bella thinks and then asked what his daughter thinks. And then 
Brian was like, I hope my daughter kicks, uh, you know, every man in the nuts. Not only every no, man, no, but, but no, hundreds uh, of he, men. He progresses but, and gets yes, bigger. Yes, yeah, so he's like, I hope he kick, kicks some in the nuts. And I hope he she kicks ten men in the nuts. Then hundreds of men in, in the groin. And then thousands of men in the groin. And then I hope she kicks you in the groin, Byron Saxon. I see all the chicken you eat. And then I immediately I was like, hold on, bro. How far are we going to go with this damn Brian shit? And then it, it kind of got cut off there. But it was it, it was like, oh, hold on. Slow up there, partner. Um, yeah, that one That one was, yeah. Then Styles and um, Miz uh, went back and forth, but Miz really wasn't working as a heel at this time. He was kind of just wrestling. So look out for Miz face turn, which may be coming, uh, I guess. Um, then Brian was like, why don't you talk about, you talk about the Sublime match with AJ Styles. And then Daniel Bryan just had more liners, one-liners that I could keep up with. Of course, Daniel Bryan being on commentary is awesome um, because he can just talk for days. And, you know, Styles had a victory roll for two. Miz with a DDT for two. Graves asked more environmental environmental questions trying to troll Bryan, and Bryan answers him with, kick him in the groin, um, which he might put on a T-shirt one day or something. Um, like. That's got to be the new Austin Aries. That's got to be the new Austin Aries. Uh, put a thumb in his eye. Yeah. Um, then uh, Brian was was out of his chair and he got in front of Styles, ready to attack. But Styles got up and Miz ran him into the steps from behind, so that uh, not wrestling like a heel shit was over. Uh, Miz gave Brian like kind of a look. It was just for a second. If you missed it, run the videotape back. Like thank you. It felt like. And Skullcrusher finale rolled him in for two. Um, crowd was, you know, getting more into it from there. Then Brian pulled Styles out. Styles fought him off. Calf crushing submission win for AJ Styles from there. And then Brian attacked AJ Styles after. Hit him with a chop block and wrapped his leg around the post. Hit Styles' head on the post, on the LED post. Hit it off the table. Another chop block. Then into the heel hook, which will probably be his heel finishing move, which he yep. was kind of testing out earlier this year on Big Cast. Whole crowd is booing at this point. Brian hits a kick in the head, then did the face stomps. Kids look traumatized. I was traumatized. Just just completely in disbelief. Like, I can't believe what they've done to this guy. And he has real heat. Yeah. Not not like the, oh, I'm going to I'm going to, you know, talk about Roman Reigns cancer and then get cheered at or two week or three three weeks later. Like he's legitimately being booed. People hate his guts right now. Then um, the announcers, he made the announcer announce him as the champion. At this point, in my head, I was like, he's going to be the wrestler of the week. Um, <laughs> then he was like, what? You people don't approve? Fickle. You people don't cheer? Fickle. You people don't love the new Dale Bryan? Y'all ain't got no love for Snoop Dogg and Dr. Dre? Where y'all at? <laughs> and then he said fickle like 10 or 11 times after that. Then it was another chop block to go off the air and another heel hook. So I did not hear um, one more time chance for this either. So, yeah. So you know what that means. AJ Styles is really over. <laughs> so that's, that's not so, fair. So, so anybody that's using it as a counterfactual, like, you know, with this, you know, we were cheering for, or people were cheering one more time for for Rollins and all this other stuff. It's like, and, well, yeah, and, and Roman Reigns, yeah. yeah. Well, maybe they ain't really connecting like that. So we'll see. 
Uh, but SmackDown looks like it was a better episode. I definitely like, you know, it's just more of this Daniel Bryan stuff that I'm just going to stare at the screen just in bewilderment on while it's happening and just not really know how to take it. I'm just going to look at it and hope the matches are good at this point. Um, what were what were your thoughts on SmackDown this week, James? I thought that this was a good show. Dare I say a, a very good show. Um, like, like Raw is a fucking dumpster fire. Meanwhile, we get that we get this kind of stuff. We get we actually have uh, stars and angles and things that feel personal, and it's not like it's it feels like a wrestling show as opposed to a sports entertainment variety show. Yeah, um, it's from from top to bottom, like you you start with Becky Lynch and then you end up with Daniel Bryan. It's like, you know, this was kind of what you want a wrestling show to be. Like there's stories in the intermediate with uh, with the Jeff Hardy, uh, Samoa Joe, Randy Orton stuff. Uh, They got the tag division shining. And stories are progressing. Stories are progressing and building towards you want to see people beat the hell out of each other. Yeah. Um. Yeah, like this was this was a really good show. Uh, who so, didn't give a fuck about the Monday Night Raw matches? Elias and Bobby Lashley. Who really gives a fuck? Um, dude, like, I mean, Balor. Okay, so the um, the Balor and McIntyre match. We think uh, that match should be good on paper, unless uh, unless two talented wrestlers, unless uh, <laughs> they, Ambrose, unless and, they want to have him squash uh, Finn Balor. They should be a good. They should be a good match, but like as far as their builds, their builds are, are they're, they out there lacking. In the words, <laughs> they out there lacking. Yeah. Like SmackDown has it right now. Um, yeah, they've got a triple threat tag team match, which looks like it could literally steal the show. Um, yeah. because they can use weapons and tables, ladders, and chairs. Of course, um, you got the women's match. You got Daniel Bryan and AJ Styles. By the way, um, <laughs> you got Samoa Joe and Jeff Hardy going to happen. So, I don't know. It looks like SmackDown should be getting, like, the big spots on the card instead of, like, going on second and, you know, all the other stuff. But we'll see how they play it. But yeah, we'll- and that's the brand that they have go 0-6 on pay-per-view. Yeah. Assholes. Yeah, so uh, it, it, it was fun. Uh, let us know how, how you liked uh, James doing Raw and me doing SmackDown this week. Uh, <laughs> for, don't, don't, even, don't, don't even know I even asked him because we're switching back next week. Yeah. Also, uh, so we didn't we didn't really say this, but like Daniel Bryan and Miz, I'm sorry, uh, Miz and AJ Styles had a very good match. Yes, we never really said the quality of the match, but it was a really good match. Yeah, um, people don't realize Miz can wrestle. That's gonna wrap it up. We'll be back with the LeBron James You Bum of the Week and the Wrestler of the Week. The name caller. What I say. Let me hear you say it. Call him a bum. <laughs> it's not a name call. It's a... Uh, right. You bum. Welcome back to the most anticipated segment in wrestling podcasting, the LeBron James You Bum of the Week Award. So we've got five nominees this week. Uh, one of them is a tandem being counted as one. Uh, so we'll start with Bobby Roode and Chad Gable, who got whooped like geeks separately at different times. Um, and lost to the ALP, P, and Drake Maverick. Um, yes. Yeah. Um, Charlotte. And we're, and, we're, 
and were smucks to begin with by believing that Baron Corbin had no catch uh, attached to them getting a, a shot at the titles. Correct. Morons. Correct. Uh, Charlotte, uh, also on this bum of the week list, she did all that selling out in the beginning uh, for losing a match at Survivor Series, technically. And then she ended up kicked in the face and rolled up by some lesser competitors. So, to say the least. Rhino, he lost to Heath Slater. Say no more. And he was fired. <laughs> so, um, tough times, brother. Um, yes, and a job for his livelihood, he could not defeat Heath Slater. Yes. Um, after that, we got Jeff Hardy, who was distracted via, was it video, you said? Distracted via video. Yeah. Um, that's like one step down from music. So, Oh, my God. And then we got Jinder Mahal, who asked for a match with Finn Balor and was whooped, essentially. Uh, straight up, essentially, right? Yeah. Yes, even with help from the, the Singh brothers, he still took that L. Man. Uh, so we've got how many Raw people on here? We've got three Raw acts, two SmackDown acts. So, I don't know, man. Charlotte ain't... If, if I'm comparing Charlotte to the rest of these, these folks, I don't think she that bad. <laughs> um, Rude and Gable, those look like, like idiots. They, they got whooped in separate places. They believed Baron Corbin. Gender, I mean... You can you can spin that and say he won an opportunity to wrestle and then he just got beat up. Not the worst thing in the world. Rhino in a fight for his livelihood, literally how he puts food on the table, loses the Heath Slater in sixty six seconds. That is awful. Um Yeah. That's the one. I it looks like his Rhino. So Rhino, congratulations. You are the LeBron James, you bum of the week. So, on your last week of eligibility, you win. Ah. So, after that, we've got the wrestler of the week. We have Daniel Bryan, who hates people that hate the environment and disrespect the environment and do everything, and he hopes his daughter kicks people in the groin. I still don't really understand all this shit, uh, but obviously he's still doing excellent work. Asuka, who was able to crank up in her own language and our language, um, As a rose from the ashes. Yes, and she is li- literally looks like she has, you know, put her career back together in a couple weeks. And fans yes. still, it looks like she still had enough insurance um, to where they didn't beat it out of her. Yes, like she was like, she was like the bride in in Kill Bill Two after being uh, buried after being buried alive and literally climbed out her own grave through the dirt in the mud. After that, we got Dean Ambrose, who was dressed up like Macklemore um, in the brown Slash jacket Bane. and Bane and all that stuff. He was out there with the gas mask. He ended up whooping Seth Rollins' ass, cutting a good promo. Um, Jay Uso. And, actually, and uh, actually kickstarted their feud into something you can respect. Correct. Drug that out of the shitter because Lord knows um, it was not hidden, Chief. But. After that, we got Jay Uso, who won the triple threat match that was excellent on SmackDown Live. Looking forward to that triple threat match a lot. Uh, because if we know the Usos and New Day are in a match together, it's going to be fire. And then you add Cesaro and Sheamus with no rules. Why not? Like, why wouldn't you think that's going to be awesome? Then we got, um, you know, PSA giving Samoa Joe, who was in the bar with the beer. Joe's bruised, as they said. Um... Uh, yeah, man. So, 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 who's the wrestler of the week, bro? 
Oh, for me, it's Daniel Bryan. Okay, so I, I remember his first promo. And I was like, you know what? This is going to work. And I we kind of already knew it was going to work because he's so talented. And um, WWE flat out gives gives more care to heels than they do baby faces. So you knew it was going to get over. And there are going to be a lot of people doing the why dangle why. But this was even beyond the first promo. So, and then he, you know, he stomps the, while he's being a heel, he's like, he's so much, he's so disliked as a heel that he's like getting baby, he's getting Miz baby face, like getting over as a baby face, even though Miz is still clearly a heel. And like, he beat the piss out of the top baby face in the, on the brand at the end of the show. Like he's, he's, he's. He is the uh, the guy this week. He absolutely is. Gonna agree. I don't like it. I wish it didn't exist. <laughs> but if you look at the rest of the list, Oscar, good week, not there. Ambrose, you're gonna need more than that, Chief. Jimmy Jay Uso, you ultimately were on a lower level. Samoa Joe, kind of a bit part. Dan Bryan looks like he has like the most influence on the show this week. Uh, yep. Was the hottest act, got the most, and he, uh, and he was a part of anchoring a, a whole show, like throughout a, a good chunk of it, as opposed to some of the people that were just like, I mean, Oscar definitely, you know, did a lot of heavy lifting that first half hour of SmackDown, um, but it was at the beginning of the show, and Daniel Bryan carried it through to the end, so I, I get it, I get a nod to him. Yeah, so I'll go. But with I am so happy to see Oscar back, back in a prominent role. So happy. So, Daniel Bryan, you may not like water or water bottles or meat or chicken, but you are the wrestler of the week. So, like, should we send that as a PDF? Like, because, like, if we buy him a plastic trophy, he would, he would be, he would disapprove. So, yeah, I think we should just send him an email. Um, okay. And, and that'll, okay. that'll rule it out but anyway um that's gonna wrap up the show thank you guys for listening as always we appreciate your support and uh you know all the folks that reach out on twitter let us know we're doing a good job let us know you're entertained uh, and everything like that we switched it up a little bit this week uh thanks to james for handling monday night raw for me uh stepping in on short notice essentially and uh, shouts out to Keeping It Strong Style over on the Super, uh, Social Suplex Podcast Network. They just celebrated their one-year anniversary um, of their podcast. And you can hear our show over there where we broke down NXT, uh, all the takeovers this year, in a year-in-review format. So we talked about all five takeovers, the storylines, trends we noticed, and overall reflections on the year. And talked about why it made me sad. Uh, at, at a different point. So um, make sure you guys are checking out the rest of the LOP uh, radio lineup. Tuesday mornings, we got the Global Revolution. Late Tuesday nights, Wednesday morning, you got One Nation Radio with the TV reviews here. Uh, Wednesday, Sports Entertainment is Dead with Samuel Plan. Thursday is the Perfect 10 Wrestling Show with the Implications. Friday, the Right Side of the Pond. Saturday, the WWF Legacy Series. And Sunday, the LOP Radio Aftershock uh, with Samuel Plan and Steve. So make sure you guys keep showing One Nation Radio love in the forums, on Twitter, wherever you guys do. Reach out to us. We love to hear from you. Uh, but, you know, the rule is always don't come kicking that fuck shit. Um, <laughs> James, anything before we get up out of here this week? Yeah, Rob Lowe's.
Anyway, uh, that'll wrap it up. <laughs> we out of here, y'all. Peace. Sorry, Chad. <laughs>